You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Welcome to Northern Lights MCC. We are part of a Christian denomination, the Universal Fellowship of Metropolitan Community Churches, and we celebrate the essential Christian message that the inclusive love of God is for everyone. You are very welcome if this is your first time, perhaps you're returning from a time away, perhaps this is your home church, perhaps you are joining us online listening to our podcast. Welcome. Most of the things that you need for the service this evening will be on the screen behind us and the large, there is a large print copy at the back if you need it. Otherwise, do ask if you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing. Please feel free to join in with as much or as little as you feel comfortable with. Tonight, we begin our new theme, the call to love. We think about that love that God has for us and has shown for us over the ages and how that's got us to here and what we do with it now. Tonight in our service, we hear of the presentation of the Lord, and this will be covered in our readings and in our sermon and in our songs and in our prayers. So help us to meditate on that. You may have noticed that we are making some changes to the structure and content of the services at the moment. Yesterday, our musicians met and shared time together and explored what their call to ministry in our church could look like. Already, we're reaping the benefits of of their endeavours, and we've had the delight of them bringing us into this service by singing and helping us to enter into the space to prepare ourselves for the service this evening. In future weeks, you may feel that you want to join in with some of the songs as the words will be on the screen, or you may just wish to come and settle into the into the pews as you usually do. Many thank you to our musicians. We're excited to see where we go with this. So let us take a few moments of quiet, and let go of all that this week has brought us and challenged us with. Let us still ourselves in God's presence. Almighty and ever-present God, you call us in to love, and we come here to worship together, to hear your word, to celebrate your songs and your promise to us. Open our hearts that we might know you better. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from Malachi chapter 3. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the God whom you seek will suddenly come to their temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed, they are coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of their coming, and who can stand when they appear? For they are like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. They will sit as a refiner, a purifier of silver, and they will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. 
This is the word of the Lord. The psalm is number 24, verses 7 to 10. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 2. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him, blessed them, and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favour of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Evening, everyone. Will you pray with me? <clears throat> May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, which occurs 40 days after the birth of Jesus. Both Johnny and I, and as it turns out, several other members of the congregation, uh, were brought up in the Brethren tradition. 
And to a large extent, this movement was based on living lives according to the Bible, a fairly literal application of biblical texts. Now, this caused a few issues when the Bible sometimes contradicts itself when taken literally, and also when you try to apply texts written in a certain time and space to our society now. So, for example, bringing together science and scripture is complex for the Brethren movement. How to understand human sexuality and gender and the like is also complex for the movement. But nevertheless, this movement has a real commitment to following Christ and living the way of love. For families, for Brethren families, their houses are open. All can come to share food at the table because that's what it says in the Bible. For these families, there is a long-term commitment to neighbours and people in the local area, because that's what it says in the Bible. They visit the elderly, they visit prisoners, they offer meals within the church for others. They live lives faithful to their calling to God. And in services, they wait on the Spirit before they speak. They do their utmost to live their lives according to the Bible. Their understanding of biblical theology is strong. And I look at my friend's parents now, and I look at Johnny's parents now. They're in the 80s. They still go to the gospel hall each week. Still, they visit the old people to keep them company, even though they're in their 80s themselves. Still, they seek to share the good news of Jesus with those around them. Still, they work for the good of the Lord in what time they have left. There is a real sense of commitment and lifelong service to God. They are waiting for their Lord. In today's reading, we are introduced again to two people who just won't give in, who keep on going. Simeon, the old man who greets Mary and Joseph as they come to present Jesus to God in the temple in Jerusalem, and Anna, an eight-year-old who sees in the child the presence of God himself two visionaries. Now, tap into Google, the word visionary, Google or other search engines are available. Um, you will find adjectives that describe creative types. You will find adjectives that describe people full of fizz with ideas, people who always live life to the full, always see life uh, a glass as being half full. They're good people to have on teams. They attract followers who catch the vision and then they go for it big time, these visionaries. There's none particularly of this in our reading. But Simeon and Anna are still visionary, despite their great age. They are not lost in the past. They are looking to the future. The vision that they have has come to them down long, faithful years of saying prayers and reading scriptures. And the vision that grips them is that one day the world will be transformed by the presence of God. Simeon and Anna are God's fifth column. They are a sleeper cell of two individuals waiting for the sign that God's kingdom has come and being ready to welcome its arrival. On the surface, they are perhaps misfits, but they blend into the background of the temple courts. Their presence there each day makes them, to a certain extent, almost invisible. Simeon, 
an old man who seems to have no family, no one to care for him, no one to care for. He's seen so much down the years, and as he's come to the temple, as he's been coming to the temple. And for the most part, across the years, the temple has been a building site. Herod the Great has been splashing the cash on building the building in an attempt to legitimise the monarchy. The work of the temple goes on whilst the building is transformed. The building is enlarged. The areas are cordoned off to the public, workmen constructing plans and organising the next stage of construction. The pilgrims, they come and go. Sacrifices are made. Incense burned morning and evening, morning and evening, morning and evening. The sun rises. People shelter under the temple arches. The sun sets and the space falls quiet. And Simeon waits. He waits hour after hour, day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. And he holds true to the vision that says, as we heard in Malachi, that the Lord will come to his temple. But that's why he's here, isn't it? He's waiting at the place where the scriptures say that the vision will break through. Maybe he'd grown up in Jerusalem. Maybe he'd travelled from his hometown, especially to, to be in the capital, but he had to be there. He had to physically be in the temple courts because this is the place that God will come first. This is the place that will see the beginning of the transformation of the world. God's salvation, making all things new. And Anna? The same. Who knows how these two lived? Perhaps they were, as they say, people of independent means, able to fund their albeit simple lifestyle. Perhaps they were very, very poor, living on fresh air, living and breathing the holiness of the place, whilst realising that the temple could not ultimately satisfy the longings of God's people. But it's there in the scriptures. Over and over, God promised to come to them, to save them, to shepherd them, to protect them, to shelter them, to usher in a reign of justice and peace, to become known to all the nations of the world who will see God's works and will come to worship. And then Mary and Joseph, they made their way through the temple gates and they purchased a pair of turtle doves for sacrifice, as was the custom. They'd been told where to go down there for the presentation of the child to God, but they were perhaps a little lost in all the hubbub before they could move across the temple courts, and there was Simeon, reaching out his arms to hold the child. The time had come. God was here. The story is staggering. The long wait the undying hope, the faithfulness that these two people show day after day, the commitment to putting themselves in the place where they might meet with God. Both Simeon and Anna seem to possess this awareness of the movement of God's Spirit that brought them to this place at this time to meet the Christ child. This elderly pair have an openness to what God is doing and has not been allowed to fossilise. It would have been easy for them to impose their own vision on how they thought God would appear and miss God 
in this child because they would only conceive of him working in old, traditional or tired ways. Who would have thought that God would come to his people in this way, in the Christ child? Simeon and Anna may have been surprised, but they certainly hadn't ruled it out. And we. The prophet said, without a vision the people perish. What is it that we're waiting for? What is our vision? Is this the world we want it to be? Dare we hope for more? What might God want for us? Does God do anything other than accept our worship from afar? I was travelling back from London on Friday. It wasn't a great journey, but that's a different story. I was listening to Spotify and I stumbled upon some words and it made me think that it's not just Christians who are waiting. It's not just older people who are waiting. When I preached a couple of years ago about, about um, uh, direct revelation and, and people being able to see God around them, even if they don't know the name Jesus, I stumbled upon some words from the gospel according to Will I Am, and I'm going to play you some of those now. Even being a musician, I thought I wouldn't rap that at you. I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders as I'm getting older, people gets colder. Most of us only care about money making, selfishness got us following the wrong direction. Wrong information always shown by the media, negative images is the main criteria infecting the young minds faster than bacteria. Kids want to act like what they see in the cinemas. What happened to the love and values of humanity? What happened to the love and the fairness and equality? Instead of spreading love, we're spreading animosity. Lack of understanding, leading us away from unity. Where is the love? Our church has been here for a few decades now. We are faithful to our calling. We want to be God's hands in the world. A world where we want all to feel equal. A world where we want all to feel loved. A world where we want all to feel accepted. We want to help others heal. We want to help others to have enough to live. We want to help others feel part of society. We want others to have a church family. And we are called to be faithful to this calling. We are grateful to those of us who have been faithful through good times and through bad. Simeon and Anna are additional examples of this. We bless God for them but we are challenged by their example to live committed, faithful, hope-filled lives that look for Christ's presence and declare it when we see it. We too then become God's fifth column, charged to declare the kingdom's coming and to rejoice in it before the world. Amen. Let us pray. 
Mother, you call us to love each other and you. We pray that everyone will know your love, know their importance and their value. We rejoice and thank you for sharing that love with us. Help us to be like Simeon and Anna, with open eyes, so whilst we may be surprised, we can see and meet with you. May we be inspired to be discerning with the information we are presented with, and help us to see through prejudice and misinformation, so that we can be faithful to your calling. Holy Spirit, you moved Jesus and helped the early disciples to know the wonder of creation as they built the early church. We pray that you are with us and that we can hear your guidance as we try to be God's hand and feet in the world. Holy triune God, we mourn and hold up to you all of the distress and unease and instability in our society and around the world. Help us to avoid the defensive instincts to hide and ignore what is going on around us and to focus on ourselves. Help us to build bridges instead. Help us to build community. You gave us stewardship on earth. Help us live into this responsibility to care for the planet. And as the climate crisis deepens, may we listen to the voices of wisdom and take action with generosity and with hope. We pray for those affected by the fear associated with the coronavirus, for those affected by it, and for those unfairly stigmatised and hurt by our prejudices. We pray for those infected and those in quarantine, and for the epidemiologists and medical professionals who are working to contain this and other diseases. As I ask Carol to come forward and light the HIV and AIDS candle, we pray, as we do every week, for those living with and affected by HIV and AIDS and those involved in caring for them. We remember those who have died. We remember that this has disproportionately affected the gay community and our church as a denomination lost so many pastors, congregants and friends. Many of us lost friends. We pray that life-saving and life-sustaining medication may be made available to all who need it. At the start of each month, we light the Rainbow Home Candle, and I invite Massa to come forward and do that now. We light this candle to pray for God's love, God's care and inspiration, that we may continue to support asylum seekers who have fled from their homes and communities and for whom to return to those homes would be dangerous, particularly on account of their gender or sexuality. We are all your children, God. May we remember that and support each other and welcome new members of our community with emotional, social, legal and financial support. We lift up to you the prayers written in our prayer book. We lift up to you the prayers in our hearts. 
we hold up those who have died, who are known to us, and those known only to you. We pray for our community and those who are ill in mind, body, and spirit. So now we'll join together in the words Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us say together the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website northernlightsmcc.org.uk